benched. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dodging Sleep podcast. My name is uh, Ian Carlson. I hope you're having a very pleasant day wherever and whenever you're listening to us. Uh, we are recording this on the 23rd of May. And on this day in Dodgers history, back in 2002, Sean Green hits four home runs in one game to become the 14th player in Major League history to do so. And actually the second in that month. Uh, he had a six for six performance against the Brewers, which included a single and a double. And he broke Joe Adcock's 1954 mark for total bases by one with a total of 19 uh, on the podcast this week we have Adam how are you doing Adam I'm good thank you mate I'm good excellent and Bleasy how are you doing I'm all right mate I'm all right these pubs run themselves these days there's no work in it at all <laughs> and of course Leon who is keeping us all under control and doing all the technical stuff as well how are you doing Leon yeah, very good, thanks, mate. Very good week for the Dodgers. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on cloud nine at the moment. Yeah, well, aren't we all? Well, let's just kick straight off and, and, and keep you on your cloud nine then. What, what What's your highlights of the week we've just had? Uh, well, you, you always love a sweep, don't you? Um, so, kicking off the week with a sweep was a, is a great way to start. And then to go into San Francisco, where I think the three of us who were on last week, we had sort of reservations about Steam you know, well, uh, given how well they have started and they're, you know, the strong starting pitching uh, to get two sort of good wins. Um, yeah, the whole, I mean, the whole week has really been a bit of a highlight reel so far. Um, I think if one moment's to stand out, it's got to be uh, Trevor Bauer turning into a Tommy Lasorda as he came off the mound. Um, I mean, I mean, it's an extraordinary amount of pitches that he threw as well. Um, and yeah, that, that in, in your face sort of a moment was great. I, I did really enjoy that. Um, so out of a week of highlights, that's going to be my uh, particular highlight uh, for the pod. Yeah, it was, it was certainly good. How about you, Adam? Um, Monster splash hit. It's got to be that. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's it's the third time he's done it, and he's uh, the joint leader of visiting players to hit a splash hit. So that's a pretty good week for him as well. And just just jumping in on that, did you see his, uh, his post on Instagram? Uh, no, I didn't. Well, he's, he's basically posted a. Um, a picture of him sort of stood at the plate admiring his home run and he's tagged it as the ocean location <laughs> which um, I, I enjoyed that's another highlight of the uh, of the week as well how about how about you Ian any thoughts Kenley Johnson uh this week uh we, we, you know it's no secret that I'm a fan uh but I'm pretty sure that in the last uh, something like six days, he's got five saves or something along those along those lines. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about his at bat. Uh, that was all kinds of chaos, all kinds of chaos where they couldn't find his helmet. They had to throw him a random bat. Um, I was amazed to see that his career batting starts going into that was something like three hundred. Um, uh, it, it didn't come off, and he you know he didn't have that. But obviously, this is a closer. He never bats. But they needed him in the in, in for the last out in the eighth. I think it was against the D backs, wasn't it? Um, so, um, so, 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 so he managed to get an at bat, and it was just all kinds of entertainment. I absolutely loved it. And then he he completed it by getting the uh, the, the four out save as well. So 
I just it's great to see him back on form. I just think he's he's had so much flack. He's you know he's been he's been up and down. He's been all over the place. He's been so committed to fixing what he's uh, what he's been struggling with and um, saves on back to back days earlier this week as well, which is something that we've we've spoken about on a number of occasions that he struggled to do. So yeah, I mean. There's any number. Obviously, I missed last week, but the previous few weeks that that I was on, it was quite doom and gloom. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic to see the results the boys are getting and be able to have so many highlights to choose from rather than scrabble around for something that didn't quite feel bad. Um, but yeah, for me, Kenley Johnson, he's back, he's ready, and he's going to get those. He's going to lead the NL in saves by the end of the year. Yeah, it, it it just shows you how much of this game is is mental, doesn't it? Because you get someone like that and you get them on a roll and it all starts to click and it all falls into place and you get the what few fans we've got, get the fans on the side and, and, and it just it just snowballs in a really positive way, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think for me, I mean, there's a couple of things. One, um, obviously Pujols and we talked about him last week and, and how he was going to do and um, you know by now how I love a few stats and I've been digging up his, his his recent stats both sort of pre and post joining the Dodgers and not only are all his stats um, clearly far better since he joined us than in the, the earlier part of the season before he joined us but looking back at the last few years if even if he does nothing more than just maintain where he's at at the moment um, it will still be his best season in about five years looking at the stats in terms of things like batting average and stuff so uh, just see if we can just turn up the notch a little bit there that'll be that'll be quite good for me um, and just generally I mean we've talked previously when we had the, um, the bit of the slump and some of the players and we said oh is it um, you know, sample sizes and we shouldn't get overly concerned and we've got quite a few injuries and all the rest of it. And it's just good looking at the stats, you know, the last three weeks, most of the players with most of the key sort of batting stats are all trending the right way. You know, Betts is better this week than he was last week. And last week he was better than the weeks before in terms of the, the average for the season. Um, Taylor's going the same way. Barnes is going the same way. And Muncie, of course, when you look at Muncie's stats over the last couple of weeks, I think he's leading the MLB in most of the key ones. So um, it's just great to see everybody clicking. And you think, well, get a couple of players back who are injured as well. And it, it's um, that strength in depth that I think we talked about on the first couple of podcasts is um, is really coming to the fore, which is which is good news. Um, so... It's, it's funny, I feel like it's, it was such a good week. We could do the whole podcast just talking about last week's results because it's so nice to be able to have all those positives to celebrate. But we won't. We'll move on. Um, one of the topics that's been been hitting the headlight, headlines um, over the last few days are the no-hitters and the number of no-hitters um, so far this season. Um, Ian, what are your, what are your thoughts, on, thoughts on those? Isn't they good for the game? Now, this might take a while, and I apologise for the advanced rambling. It's all right, I've got uh, a cup of tea. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's. I, I, I think the no hitters that we're seeing at the moment, I, I think they're tainted. I, I really think they're tainted. Uh, I, it, a no hitter in Major League Baseball used to be the, you know, the, the, the absolute pinnacle. Uh, Clayton Kershaw and how great he was all those years has got one no hitter. Um. There's a few guys knocking about. Justin Verlander, I think, has got three. Scherz has got a few. Um, but generally speaking, you're looking at elite pitchers where everything goes right. The defense falls into line on the day, and it's an absolute. It's the absolute pinnacle. 
sure, there's the odd name that crops up from time to time of, of somebody who perhaps doesn't have a career like Verlander or, or Kershaw. But at the moment, we're seeing pitchers on the decline. Corey Kluber was a great pitcher. He's, he's on the decline now. Um, we're seeing players with potential put it together on, on a day, like Spencer Turnbull. And I, I don't want to... I don't want to discredit um, it entirely. It's still an achievement. And I, I put something out on Twitter about it and got slated for it. Um, but I really think at the moment that I think the the record for the season for, for, for no hitters in one season, I think is seven. Um, and we are on pace at the moment for around, I think 19. And it's, it's just not right. Um, and I think some of it is down. Well, for me, the the new ball is playing a much bigger part on this than uh, than suddenly these players becoming elite and and dominating. You know, uh, I don't know the science behind the ball, but it's clearly not carrying as well. Uh, I think some teams, including ourselves, have, strugg- have struggled to uh, adjust to the uh, uh, to the new ball. Um, certainly, the teams that relied on a lot of home runs uh, in in previous years, they've just they've just found that they're not hitting as many. And I think this help that's helping out pitchers. Um, from what I've seen, and I've not got the stats in front of me, but the exit velocity is no lower, if if not anything else. The average exit velocity is actually higher, but home runs are down uh, are down quite a bit. And I just think that where this is happening. The, the ball has played too much of a part. I do think that MLB needed to do something because they probably what probably was getting to the stage where strategy was dying out of the game a little bit, and because teams were so used to being able to hit, to you know, to being able to come up with a home run when they needed one. Um, but I think they've just gone a step too far for me, and I think deadening the ball as much as this. Um, at the same time, it seems raising the seams. There seems to be some crazy movement on on pitches that we haven't seen quite so much of. Certainly not from uh, from guys outside of the likes of uh, Dustin May and uh, and and uh, who was the Airbender pitcher last year? I can't remember who it was. Um, but uh, Devon Devon Williams is it? Is that his name? Yeah, for um, the Brewers. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and I just kind of think that the ball has played too much of a part. Uh, it's been interesting to hear the likes of Kershaw come out and and condemn it a little bit as well, because I think Kershaw is probably someone who, I think, rumours of his decline, um, we've always said they're a bit premature, um, but rumours of his decline have been exaggerated by the fact that the ball was flying out on what used to be a fly ball out. So I commend MLB for having a go to try and solve this problem, but I think they've gone too far. And I think they're not going to change the ball mid-season, you wouldn't think. But I think we could see a, a fluke anomaly of um, 12, 13 no-hitters this year. And they're all going to be a little bit tainted in my eyes. They won't carry the same weight as, as no-hitters in, in other years. Adam, how about you? Any thoughts? Yeah, I agree with everything that Ian said there. He put it far more um, fluently than I would, I probably was. But I, I tend to go to Clayton Kershaw. I mean, 
the man knows about pitching. And if he thinks it's a bad thing, it's probably a bad thing for the game, isn't it? So Yeah, I think I think listen 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 to the experts. Um Leon, any 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 thoughts on that one? Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I think as we, none of us would really want to devalue the the achievements of any of the pitchers in, in Major League Baseball. It's a bloody hard sport, and to get to the top is is a grind and it's a hell of an achievement. So to go, uh, you know, an entire Major League regulation game without giving up a hit is should be applauded. But it seems like there's something else at work this season. We all know there was going to be changes to the ball. Um, I think as Ian says, it's the fly ball out. It's that you know, creating these no-hitters. Um, just looking on baseball reference, they usually run at a, a, about three per season for no-hitters, and we're at six already. And we've we've barely completed two months. So, yeah, I, I think something needed to change with the ball. It, it became all offence, but this isn't quite right. Uh, and as Ian says, if we're going to be, at, you know, at 19 no-hitters per season, which is the current rate, it's 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 going to become the opposite problem. People are going to get bored. People, you know, it's it's how where do you find the the, the happy medium? Um, I love home runs. I love exciting games of baseball. Um, I like good pitching duels and great pitching performances. But when it's clear that the doctrine of the ball is is you know is having such a big effect, it it worries me a little bit. And as I say, it's finding that situation where everyone is is sort of happy. And I don't think this is. It's quite right at the moment. So I mean, my thoughts might be different, you know, as soon as a Dodger throws no hitter. But at this stage, it's 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 just a little bit worrying. The right they're coming through. Anyone think it could be have anything to do with batsmen sort of having to to try and amend their their technique to combat the switch, or or, or do we think it's it's by and large it's probably down to the down to the ball? I think there's probably been a little bit of a reluctance from uh, hitters to change because what they've been doing has worked and I think what we're what we're seeing is that those those fly balls um, aren't carrying and that's that's what they've been hitting and they've been earning their money that way uh, and some uh, you know some teams in general were, were, were slow to, to adjust to that so the likes of uh, the twins didn't start very well we've had a we had a bad run uh, I don't think the Rays started particularly well. And these are all teams that the Yankees still aren't doing that well. Um, I think I'm right in saying that. I haven't looked this week. Um, I think they've turned it around a bit recently, but yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, so, so I think that's down to, the, down to more of a reluctance. But I actually think that those teams now are beginning to adapt. I know that um, the Rays, the Padres... Uh, the twins, ourselves, we've all won eight plus of the last ten. Um, you know, but eight or nine of the last ten we've won. Um, so it does show that those teams that were expected to be good are turning it around now. Um, but I don't think it's because hitters are trying to change. I think actually, if you look at the the Giants, who aren't expected to hit many home runs, they're just line drive hitters. Um, experienced line drive hitters mixed in with some average rookies, average younger, average younger players. Um, I think, um, you know, they've obviously booked the trend a little bit um, because they're not trying to hit the ball out of the park all the time. And I think if we're being hypercritical, we would argue that up until this week, they've not played in a decent opposition. 
I was wondering when somebody would get that line in. <laughs> Pod, podcast bingo. Excellent. I, I, I think there's some, some, some great thoughts there on, um, on the no hitters. And I suspect this might well be a topic that we return to over the, uh, over the course of the season. So if anybody's listening out there and wants to, to get in touch via Facebook or Twitter and with, with other points you think we need to, to cover on that, please let us know. But, but while we stick with the no hitters, um, if you went down the current Dodgers pitchers, who would you say, funny ball or not, who would you say is the most likely to, uh, to be the next Dodger pitcher to get a no hitter? Any thoughts, anyone? Adam, how about you? Um, I would, you would have to say Bauer. I mean, I think he's the one that's come the closest this year so far. He went six no-hit innings in Coors Field beginning of the season. And he's been pretty electric all year. He's probably the one that could do it if, if anyone's going to do it, I think. Anyone else? Any thoughts other than Bauer being the, being the next Dodger pitcher? I think uh, Julio could be in with a shout. There was a game against the Mariners. Um, so it was a good few weeks back up in Seattle where he just he seemed almost unplayable for a good portion of that game. Um, but then on the flip side, you've got Bauer who... Um, would seemingly be happy to throw 500 pitches if, if Dave Roberts were to allow him. Um, it's just his command sometimes. It can be a bit, little bit spotty, um, which I guess isn't so much a problem if he's walked someone, he's just given up the hit. Um, but yeah, Bowie's got the uh, yeah the, the longevity, I think, to to carry on uh, and, and run a no-hit through to its, uh, to its course. Yeah, I think uh, really it could be any of them if we're being honest. You know, it, it's a, we've had we've had quite a few bullpen games recently and 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 been impressive when when, when they've gone. So maybe the next one's going to be a combined uh, a combined no hitter, which isn't really a no hitter. Um, but uh, I think I mean Kershaw's looked good. I think obviously he's a little bit older. He's perhaps not got the longevity that he used to have. Uh, Walker Bueller is very quietly going about his business and being awesome as he always is. Um, you know, pick a number. I, I, th- I think any, I think you're right. I think any of them could do it, but I'm going to say any of them apart from Bauer, because I think, um, I think, and we'll come on to unwritten rules a little bit later on this podcast, but I think um, if he was carrying an unwritten into the ninth, somebody would still try and, I know, bunt it or something just to break it up just because it's Bauer and they'll find a way to break it up. So I'd go for anybody other than him. But um, but sticking with Bauer, he had a, a posed an interesting, uh, there was an interesting sort of conundrum on his uh, recent, I think, podcast or, or, or video log or something like that. Um, who would win in a game between the Dodgers pitchers and the Dodgers batters. Um, Leon, any thoughts on that? Who are you putting your money on? Having seen um, position players pitch, they're not very good at it, uh, generally. Um, your man who was, who was in my fantasy baseball team, actually, what was his name? Um, the heavy set guy looks a bit like me, sort of thing, from the, uh, the Twins. He's pitched Studley, a couple of... Studley, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, he's, he's, he's a catcher, he's a big boy. Um, I quite like him because he puts his hustle in. Um, I think he's pitched a couple of times for the Twins this year and he just doesn't look like he enjoys it. He's lollipop in the minute 40 miles an hour. Um, whereas we've got some guys who can hit sort of fairly well on the pitching staff. Kershaw leading off. He's going to get on base. Uh, you know, there's Bauer slapped a really nice uh, single into uh, into centre field, um, sorry, into right field the other day before he got through out. They, they've all got sort of fairly good contact on him. Um, so I'd fancy the pitchers a little bit more than than the position players, to be honest, at this point. Adam, how about you? I've been thinking about it all week, pretty much. And I think position players <laughs> have possibly just got it, I think. 
I think they I think there'll be one person there who can throw a reliable pitch. That's all they've got to find is one person to do it. And they they they've come up against big league pitches all at all times. So I think I think I think they'd probably just edge it. They've, Chris Taylor will probably be an amazing pitcher because he can play everywhere else. So that's a, a, a vote for each so far, Ian. How where where are you going? I'm going with the position players all day because the pitchers can't hit. Like I know Kershaw's half decent, but um, but pitchers can't hit. Um, location isn't going to be important. I think the only way the pitchers win uh, is if they go up there and do not swing the bat. Um, because I think the position players might struggle to throw a few strikes. Um, if you've watched a few of the, certainly Bueller, Bauer, um, uh, Arias, some of the pitches they swing at, it's hilarious. Like, you know, they've, they've not remotely threatened the strike zone. And I just kind of think that you're going to get like someone like Gavin Lux, who's a little bit electric, a little bit um, erratic on, on the arm, but clearly can throw the ball ridiculously hard. Um, mix that in with I don't know belly, um, you know you're gonna you're gonna get pace but without much without much control and I just think they're gonna swing at nonsense and not be able to hit it. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna say that the position players will, will get the job done. Oh, well, I'm I'm gonna even it up. I'm gonna go for the pitchers, um, just because I think well. I think they'll just do it. I, th- I think we've seen it. I think they'll they'll have a bit of a laugh. They'll have a bit of a swing. They'll probably make more contact than they would do if it was a kind of a normal game. Um, and I think as a pack, I think they'll be really up for it. Um, and um, yeah, but um, I'm not sure we'll, whether we will ever get to see it happen. But um, but there we go. Um, right. I mentioned earlier that we would be be picking up the subject of unwritten rules, which you know, comes up in the press every every season on and off, depending on what somebody has or hasn't done or what team has or hasn't haven't done. Um, according to Wikipedia, there are 14 unwritten rules, but the one that's most in the news this week is do not swing on a 3-0 count when your team is comfortably in the lead. Um, I'm sure we could talk about this for hours. Adam, do you want to start us off on this one? What are your what are your thoughts on 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 that particular unwritten rule? I personally think all unwritten rules are a bit rubbish. I mean, if they were actually any good, they'd be written down in the rule book, wouldn't they? So, uh, I mean, don't swing on 3-0. and Don't pitch 3-0. and I mean, if you're going to don't swing on 3-0, and then, well, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a rubbish rule, I think. I mean, the ball is there to be hit. If you don't if you, if you don't want someone to hit it, walk them. That's that's what you got to do, isn't it? I think I'm with you in general on on unwritten rules. I'm not not a fan, as you say. If they if they if they're important, they should be written down. If they're not written down, they're not a rule. Um, Ian, Ian, what are you what are your thoughts on on don't swing on a three and zero count? So to play devil's advocate a little bit, um, I think the particular situation that we're referring to here. Um, there's an additional factor that was added in. Uh, and that is that it was a, it, yes, the White Sox. Uh, in this, uh, so we're talking about Yermin Mercedes hitting a home run on a 3-0 pitch uh, earlier in the week. Um, I can't, I, it might have even been Williams or Studley who was pitching. I can't remember who the, who the White Sox were. It, it was, was it? It was, um, yeah. And um, so he's come in and he's, he's, he's throwing 
I don't know, 42 mile an hour EFAS pitches um, in, in a blowout game. You know, the game has gone. It's not interesting for the fans at this stage. You know, you get the novelty value of, of seeing a position player pitch. But at this point, it's not. Um, in this particular situation, I've not really got a problem with it because if he's going to come in and try and throw um, nonsense pitches that that shouldn't happen, then he deserves to get smacked about for it. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Yevin Mercedes let one up and, uh, uh, and, and, it, and, it, and it went. Um, generally speaking, on the wider subjects of unwritten rules, as someone who's played for a long time, I'm a fan of a lot of them. So basically, they, a lot of them stem from blowout situations and not showing up the opponents when you're dominating them. So um, things like stop stealing bases when you, when, you, know, when you come to bleed ahead. Uh, I, generally speaking, we've, um, throughout my career, um, we've stuck to that, any team that I played for. Admittedly, when I was 16 years old, uh, we, I was playing for a young Preston team and, uh, and we didn't know the unwritten rules. You know, we were just out there and we beat a team 56-0 and we were stealing first to third in one go. Um, and, and if you think back on it now, that's that's horrible. Like, we were playing a bad team who were trying, yeah, I, think, I think they were possibly in their first year ever playing and we were humiliating them. You know, we were intentionally doing things that we, that we, that we shouldn't have done because we didn't know any better. Uh, a couple of years ago, I umpired in the single A finals and there was um, a bet among the Newcastle Nighthawks for who could steal the most bases that day. Um, and that meant that even though they were comfortably ahead in the finals, they carried on stealing. And, you know, as an, as an umpire, you've got to remain neutral, but um, that... It was it was not good for the game. It was being broadcast on on Facebook Live, and you know it didn't look right. So, that, so I do think unwritten rules have a place. I I don't think that this example is a is a is, is a is a good example of one that should be upheld. You know, you've given up on the game. You've got a, you've got a picture. You've got a non pitcher out there um, who's who's throwing silly pitches. Swing away. Um, but generally speaking, I do think unwritten rules have a place, most of them. I guess on the base stealing point, there's the, there'd be an element there of almost common sense, as in if you're comfortably ahead and you're going to win the game, why risk getting one of your players injured trying to steal a base? It's just, I, I get the whole point about not embarrassing people and and, and I and I, there's possibly a difference depending on whether you're in the MLB or, or in a, a, a an amateur league you know in terms of you know if you're earning millions and millions of dollars and you get a little bit of embarrassment every now and again you can you can probably live with it but i but i think there's a yeah there's a context element to this as well in terms of you know some of them are probably more relevant than others and some you probably apply maybe more often than others um leon what are are your thoughts on the don't swing on a three and oh count i think it's really stupid to be honest um i think perhaps going back in the day as ian says where you know to protect for blowouts but I guess you wouldn't have seen so many position players pitching as we seem to do these days. Um, I think, as Ian said, he, he was just he was lollipopping stuff in, um, which I'm confident I might have got you know some sort of contact on if I was put in the batter's box. Um, it's the equivalent of your boss getting pissed off at you for uh, using an email template 
at work uh, saying, don't do that. You, you know, you're, Mercedes is basically being told off for doing his job. It's, it's ludicrous to me. Um, I think, as, as Ian says, it's in, in terms of protecting players, yeah, if, if, it's, if it's a young pitcher that's come in who's, you know, he's just been called up to the majors, he's pitching in a blowout, he's not finding the zone. Maybe don't, you know, there's a little bit of leeway there where you're just tricking out a position player because you, you're, the rest of your players have blown the game and you're saving them for another night. Swing away, score the runs. Um, that's your choice to put a non, you know, a non-pitcher in that in that position. Um, so if you get smacked about, that's that's the way it's going to be uh, to me. Um, you know, there was an example last year. Well, I think it was Fernando Tatis Jr. Actually, um, he swung at a three-zero pitch and hit hit a home run against Texas. And um, people lost their their minds over it. His own manager again said, "We'll have words with him. That's not the way we do things." And it's just dumb. Um, you know, people, as I said earlier, people want to see home runs and exciting plays and exciting players. And to slap them down, as I say, for doing their job just doesn't doesn't really sit right with me. Um, obviously, Ian mentions in our game, I played a bit of baseball over here as well. Um, you do have to have a little bit of respect for uh, for the opposition, but we're not paid to play. This is guys, uh, you know, it's a lot of players that are amateurs, uh, never played the sport. They might not be able to pitch. They might not understand the rules right. Um so you have to, there is that respect that you've got to have. I think it was, you might remember this actually, it was a game, I think it was Western against Bristol and the score came through and it was 80, 81 to 12, I think the score was. That's ridiculous. Um, so you, obviously you want to avoid that at the major league level. I'm going to swear now, for the, I think it's our second swear word. Basically, um, you reap what you sow. So if, if you're choosing not to play, uh, you know, a, a pitcher as a pitcher, times get beaten up. And I think going back to what Adam says, if you don't want to hit a three-zero pitch, don't throw a three-zero pitch. Walk them. There's options, you know, to, to not give up the home run. So don't get mad when it it doesn't work out in your favour. Yeah, I think as you said, if it if it gets to the point where you're sending a position player into pitch because you're so far behind, there's probably more important things as a team and as a manager you should be worrying about than 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 that. Um, Ian, do you want to come come back in on it? Uh, yeah, yeah, just briefly, just to say, I think, you know, back in the day, um, it was really common for one one pitcher to throw the complete game, you know, and that's what they're protecting. They're protecting the one pitcher who's having a heck of a day. Uh, he's already given up maybe eight, nine, ten runs, um, and there's no point in showing up that pitcher. That, that's the issue. When you put in a position player, you, you give up the game. When you put in a position player, you give up. That is a fit, That is almost officially you're giving up. You are saving your bullpen. You are saving your pitches for future games. This game has gone. All unwritten rules go. And I'll tell you about another unwritten rule that ties in directly to this one, and that's the way that the game polices itself and the way uh, teams throw it at hitters who break the unwritten rules. Um, so I think, I'm, I think I'm right in saying, because Leon told me off air, um, that the next day the Twins threw at Mercedes and Tony La Russa, the Chicago White Sox manager, after the game where... Mercedes had hit the home run, said there will be consequences and he'll have to deal with that. I mean, I don't want to keep harking back to my own baseball experience, right? But you you have to, as a manager, you have to have your teams back. You know, that's one of the main duties that is expected of you is to have your teams back. And at times when I was managing, I failed. At times, I you know, I, I, I didn't have my teams back and I'm sure any of the who I used to manage might be able to identify certain situations. 
this is this is clear this is clear dry when he he could have handled that a lot better. I get Tony Larusa is is um, old school, and you know what? If Tony Larusa has given him the take sign and he's swung, then that's different. But I don't think that happened. I think he still I think he still believed that he had the green light to swing at that pitch, um, and that's what he did. I mean, Tony Larusa, regardless of what has come out in. in in, in recent years about something within baseball, he is an incredibly respected manager. Um, and, you know, I, I think I heard another podcast, it might have been a Johnny and Josh one, that um, if if Tony LaRusso tells you to take an 0-2 pitch, you take an 0-2 pitch. Um, so if Mercedes has swung at a pitch he was told to take, then that's a little bit different, maybe. But I don't believe that to be the case. I don't believe that Larusa would have been that been as bothered to be on his feet to give that sign in in the situation. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I think you're absolutely right. The point about the the role of the manager in that well, not just in that scenario, but in all scenarios, I think the manager's there to back up the team. If you if you want to have a go at a player or the team collectively behind closed doors, do it behind closed doors. But you don't you don't throw your managers under the bus. If you're in a leadership role, it's your job to, to sit out front and, and take the flack on behalf of the team and, um, and protect them. And, and, you know, it could, it could well have, well, given that, given that he was th- thrown out the following day, I mean, he's, he's inflamed a situation and made it worse. So um, it's just, you just, you just want to move on from those. Yeah. We had a good, you know, we had a good win. They had to put out a position player because we played so well, move on. But yes, I suspect this will be a um, well. As I said, there were there are fourteen unwritten rules on Wiki, and we're one down. So um, anybody who's going to stick with us through the season on the podcast, we may well be returning to these um, a, a, a few more times down that down the road. Um, I think we're now at the point where we can talk about the week ahead. Um, and after our stunningly poor rate of predictions last week, I'm delighted to say stunningly poor because I think we were all a little bit jaded from the previous week and sort of hedged our bets a little bit. I think we had had winning records, but not to the extent that they it actually panned out. Um, I must admit, I'm, I'm torn as to how to call it, so I shall um, go last because that's easier. Um, Leon, what are your what are your thoughts on the week ahead? We have got obviously another game against the the Giants tonight, but we don't normally call the Sunday game. We then got a day off tomorrow. So then we've got two against the Astros. And then uh, I guess if we're doing this week, we've got the first three of the four home game series against the Giants again. So we're probably really only calling five games. Um, thoughts on thoughts on those? Um, I think we're going to do quite well again. I'm, I'm, my positive pants are back on. Um, we're, uh, we're we're facing Zach Granke, uh, who since he's, he he left Los Angeles, we've we've done pretty well against him generally on the whole, um, including beating him up sort of quite significantly a couple of times um, at Dodger Stadium. Uh, he's it, by the looks of it, he's pitching for the Astros on on Tuesday night. Um, obviously, I think it's you know the boys are going to be up for that as well. I still don't quite think that that whole thing's been put to bed just yet. Um, so I think we'll definitely take at least one of the games in Houston. Um, and I think depending on what happens tonight, I think we're going to do pretty well against uh, the Giants again at, at Dodger Stadium. Um, I think we've probably brought them down to earth a little bit the last couple of days. Um, they were flying, they had a good lead over us and we've really clawed that back, you know, just within the last couple of days. Um, so I'm going to go four and one 
this week. Excellent. Adam, how about you? Um, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with Leon. I, I've had, I've got four and one written down on my iPads. I think, yeah, definitely we'll beat Houston just because we've got to beat them. It's, it's the only, it's the only correct result we can get <laughs> going to Houston. And then I think I've not been that impressed by uh, the Giants the last two games. I think we've, I think we've comfortably beat up on them a little bit. We've not quite got the runs that we probably deserved, but I think we've, we've, we've pretty much beat them up and they've not really offered much, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think four and one, just because they'll, they'll win one. Ian, how about you? We're playing the Giants and the Astros. If the guys can't get up for this, then what can they get up for, to be perfectly honest? Uh, I mean... Um, Similarly to Adam, I, I I haven't been massively impressed with the with with the Giants last few days. I do think they've had certain players uh, over uh, overachieving. I do think that um, they've had a comparatively easy run to the season. Similarly, we lost a lot of games against teams we should be beating. So, um, you know, you, you've still got to beat the, the opposition that's in front of you. Uh, I believe they're five hundred ish against the Padres. Uh, which is the only team they've played. And they're currently, obviously, um, they've lost two out of two against us tonight. Julio has been pitching really well uh, tonight. So, uh, and he's going tonight. Um, they've got Discifiani. Discifiani. Um, pitching. Discifiani. And um, I realise that whenever I go for these pronunciations, I realise that I, I immediately put people off. Uh, now he's he's pitched well so far this year. Um, he's got an ERA just above two, and um, it'll be interesting to see what we can come up with, what we can come up with tonight. Um, I, I, I fancy us for the sweep. Uh, we're playing the Astros. I don't care if we're facing Zach Greinke or his grandma. Um, we need to go out there and humiliate them. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not over it, and uh, and I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I ever will be, as as long as Carlos Correa is still there. Um, to be honest, I think I've, I've I've got sympathy for certain players within that were caught up in that that allegedly weren't involved. Um, but again, you know, what do you? How much? How much of that kind of stuff do you believe? Um. So yeah, I'd like us to take two off the Astros as well. So we'll play in the Giants. Uh, then we'll play the Giants three times. So um, discounting tonight. And as the guys have already gone for four and one, I'm going for a big fat five and oh. Full of confidence. Full of confidence. It's full, it's full although, I, I, although I did see, um, I did see that um, breaking news, breaking news that... Um, Adam posted in the uh, in the chat underneath this that Betts has been pulled from tonight's lineup, um, which uh, with 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 an injury. So um, that 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 could be um, a factor. We'll see. So, Bellinger's back. Bellinger's back soon. So we'll see. I was going to say putting putting Betts to know that we've then got a rest day. Um, you know, getting him ready for getting ready for 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 the Astros. Who, when you look at the stats and you say, well, they're at currently at 26 and 20 and we're at 28 and 18 their run differential is plus 60 hours is plus 66 you know you'd look at it if, if you just sort of um hid the team names and just said you've got team a 
playing at team B and these are the stats you'd look at it and go, well, that could be, that could go either way. You know, any of the results are possible. It could be a sweep either way. It could be a, a, a tied series one all. Um, then you reveal the names and you realize it's the uh, Dodgers versus the trash can bashers. And you think, well, there's only one way to call it, isn't there? And we've got to go, we've got to be going for a sweep because um talking about unwritten rules well some teams struggle to even play with the written rules so um we'll go with the um so i'm going to go on a roll in a minute um we're gonna go for um i, I think the dodgers all um all sweep in houston and then i think i think we'll take three from four against the giants who are home but i think i'm gonna have us losing one of the first three so i'm gonna go go four and one as well but i've got i think we might lose the friday night then get bellinger back on the saturday what do we reckon? But is it, is it too much to ask for a walk off from Bellinger on his first game back from injury on the Saturday night against the Giants? I mean, that would be um, that would be rather rather splendid, wouldn't it? Uh, there's some breaking news: Bellinger's just hit a home run. Uh, I don't know Ken Rosenthal tonight, isn't he? I'm, I'm on it. I've got I've got <laughs> notifications from the Dodgers, so it's just it just keeps flashing up. I keep getting notifications. And <laughs> that's just flashed up now, so. He came very close in his first at bat um, for returning from the IL. Um, non Dodgers related, but did you see the? Uh, did you see um, Degrom and Syndergaard faced in facing low A opposition earlier this week? <laughs> the, uh, the I can't remember the name of the team. Uh, Palm, Palm Beach was it? Yeah, I think um, it's one of the Cardinals. Um, yeah, low A teams. Yeah, so basically they wanted to send them somewhere warm because um, all their uh, all their AAA and AA teams are, are in New York and that's still pretty cold. So they sent them to uh, to, to low A. Um, well, there was a tweet went out from the Palm Beach team when Degrom was on the mound, just like Jacob Degrom is throwing 102 miles an hour. Send help. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'd be you know non dodger related off topic, um, but yeah, it's. it's I like to see good pitchers pitching well, and I like to see the character of the minor leagues. Big fan of the character in the minor leagues. So, I'll um, just jump in quickly as well. Tony Gonsolin's actually pitching tonight as well, which is good. Um, one, two, three in a, on eight pitches for Oklahoma City, which yes, everyone's coming back. All, all looking good. Was that was that Degrom one? Just going back to that, was that the one? I think that I did see something on Twitter of somebody re- rehabbing. Um, and they they picked up the tab for all the food before and after the game, which which I. Believe yeah, it that was the Grom. Yeah, that was the Grom. Yeah, which is some. It's a classy out when you, you know. I mean, it's it's easy to say you should do it, but it's still classy when somebody does that. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's something that's uh, basically, uh, dare I say, an unwritten rule. Um, so I think. Uh, so I think that is basically what happens when when a major league rehabs. They remember their time in the minor leagues before they sign their professional contract, and. You know these guys are way below the poverty line. They earn way below um, what would be equivalent to national minimum wage in in, in the UK. Uh, I've seen uh, Eric Sim talking about it a few times, and I think they like honestly earn something like three thousand dollars in in some cases. And they some of them get the higher draft picks get a big signing bonus to tide them over, but the lower the lower draft guys they they don't they don't have that luxury, and they have to. They have to get by on their love for their game and on, on their love for the game and family support, basically. Uh, or uh, as Eric Sim did, he worked uh, as a bar manager in the off season, you know, to, to tie things over. So, um, 
when major leaguers drop down, that's that's one of the unwritten rules. They they pick up the bill. They you know they buy things, and you know it's nice to hear about individuals doing it, but it's very much what is expected of them now. I think that would certainly be one of the unwritten rules that would get my wholehearted support. I must admit, big fan of that. Um, right. Well, we've finished with predictions for the week. So the next thing, and and this is a somewhat depressing feature this week looking at the uk friendly times so there's there's the the game tonight which starts in well given when we're recording starts in about 10 minutes um that is it then for uk friendly times until the 6th of june when we go from the extreme to the ridiculous because that one is at 20 past six uk early evening so um yeah and then i think we've got we've got two or three in quick succession then which we can actually watch without being half asleep for but um but yeah if you're a dodgers fan and um, well by the time you hear this podcast you'll have already missed your last um uk friendly time so now you're hanging on till the 6th of june i think the june's also british baseball league opening day as well so uh, so i'll be i'll be playing earlier that day against against manchester for for the trojans so i'll have to make hopefully it's an away game so i can get home nice and quickly uh, we'll see <laughs> Good stuff. Well, has anybody got any final thoughts or anything else to um, to to add on today's podcast? Otherwise, uh, thanks to Adam, to Ian, to Leon. Uh, this is me, Ian Carlson. I'm just going to and I'm going to finish um, rather than saying goodbye. I'm going to return to our friend, Mr. Bauer. And if you saw his uh, press conference a day or so ago, I think the final words for today's podcast, reigning, defending, undisputed. Thanks for listening. Thank you.